we are a nation that like to sit up and beg and all this stuff with people putting flowers in their hair and doing all sorts of substances and being illicit no Doris we don't like that do we we're going to sit here in our Morris Minor wearing some tweed let those children learn the hard way shall we yes yes we'll see them with their fancy Dan Vauxhall Vivas <laughs> I'm not sure that I can. Hello and welcome to Talking Out of Slot, the Slot Car Podcast. I'm Scott, and in this episode we'll be talking about what's caught our eye. And I'm Nick, and we're going to be wondering why Scale Electric, with its apparent love of all things old, hasn't announced a model of the best-selling British car of the swinging 60s. And we'll reveal what that car is later. But now, the big news of the week, the big news of the day, it's across huge. all of the internet, huge. Massive. Hatton's, Hatton's model railways is shutting down. Um, and I said that with some humour in my voice, and I shouldn't, because it's a pretty serious thing. Why are we talking about a model railway shop or a slot car podcast? <laughs> and well, me, you roll your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone off one. Uh, the reason is, I think it's really significant for all kind of... Old hobbies, can I call it that? So model railways, slot cars. Um, so Hattons have been going since 1946. Big shop, high street, big warehouse, big online presence. They've not gone bust. They've just said, can't make this make sense anymore. Uh, and we're going to wind down in a, in a managed fashion. So we're not going to take any more orders. We're not going to buy any more used stuff. We'll honour all the orders we've got, and then they will go off. Um, uh, and they're citing... Declining customer numbers, change in the customer demographic, which I can only assume to means the customers are getting old and therefore not dropping off this mortal coil, uh, but also the cost of doing business has gone up. So uh, anybody who's ever bought something like Airfix magazine or some of those other ones will know there'll be a usually a double-page spread, which is Hatton saying, sell us your old kit, sell us your old model railway stuff, we'll happily buy it. You know, they were a very active... And I think quite modern company. You know, they've been good a long time, but they were very good at doing online. They were good at doing mail order. So I just think it's significant for some a business like that to kind of go. Do you know what? We're not going to do this anymore. Um, they're doing it with some class. Not only are they helping, but they're actually on the website and the, and the on the announcement they're giving links to other suppliers. They're saying your pre-orders go to this shop for this goes to the shop. So there doesn't seem to be any, but they're really looking after the customer as they do it. Um, so I just think it's significant, really. And um, I may be wrong. I may have nothing to do with slot cars, but I, I, I think there's a, the business of selling small bits of plastic with electric motors in them for a hobby is tougher than we think. Anyway, I'll stop. It seems, yeah, it's, it's the way I think everything is going. Uh, funnily enough, I've been trying to shift my uh, late father's and my diecast collection um recently i've been making sort of tentative prods at the marketplace and seeing who might take these things off my hands that will you know they've got a market value i'm sure but the thing is that market value has just dropped through the floor so for example so there's quite a few let's say there's about 1500 cars that my dad collected from the 50s onwards um and then the ones he bought for me when i was a kid and then some that we both bought in the 90s and noughties, you know, those Onyx F1s and things like that. Mm. Um, and um, so sent the pictures to a couple of guys and they've gone, yeah, okay, there's some nice pieces in there, but 
we're not looking at very much money. For example, there's a Corgi Jaguar E-Type 2 Plus 2, which my dad found when we were in, on holiday in Portugal, which must have been 1980. And toy shop, and it was there for relative pennies as a not new stock anymore because, I mean, these were late 60s things. Hmm. And dad was delighted to have found it because when it came out, it was gorgeous and he really, really wanted it. But he was like, ah, you know, got young kids. I'm not going to spend money on toy cars. <laughs> Idiot. Um... <laughs> yes. Just don't, fo- don't follow his advice too closely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the kids are fine on rusks. Ask my 22 year old. Um, anyway. You're too, you're too young to have a 22 year old. Sadly. I'm just seeing what the, the audience case. are thinking. Yeah, yeah quite, quite. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, so he was delighted to find it. He found it and it sat there and we knew when he was alive, this was, you know, a valuable thing. What's happened? Corgi re-released it last year in the original packaging and the value of the old ones has gone. <whistles> and that was one of the good pieces um, in the collection. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff from the 50s and, you know, whatever else. But he said... Basically, you're looking at 50p a lump, um, whatever a lump is, uh, for most of it, and up to about £6 per lump for the other stuff. So it's not a question of the models not being mint and boxed as they are. It's a question of what is the market now? And so someone like Hatton's that did a lot of their trade, I imagine, by... Um, taking in other people's old collections, you know, um, there's just no money in it anymore. It's interesting. I, I mean, as a not, hopefully not very clumsy segue, you were at Swindon Swap Meet at the weekend. I was, yeah. Was that, and we'll talk about you being on the other side of the table in a minute, but was there any evidence amongst the pricing of the great slot car trade community that there was a Needs to move stock on. I mean, we've yeah. seen it online with, you know, Blues Brothers. I mean, cars obviously, the blue Mister Bean Reliant Regal, even Scale Electric is selling it off at twenty pounds um, on its website. Clearly, the Mister Bean love doesn't spread as far as the malevolent uh, driverless blue three wheeler. And why should it? It's a bit of an odd one. Um, so, those were well. They were marked at £20 when we went in uh, before the public came in. And then remarkably, all of them were then priced at £25 by 10.30 when the public came in. Okay. So uh, presumably the, the traders some, had all had a heads put together. Some, and gone, sort of, some sort of feeling in the ether they all picked up on at the same time, obviously. <laughs> uh, could be that, yes. Yes. They, and then they turned water into wine and went for a quick walk on a moat. Uh-huh. Um, or maybe they just decided to put their prices up by a fiver. I will if you will. Well, I won't. Well, you better should because we all are sort of a thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. that happened, and I don't suppose they sold any more or any less than they were going to because it's just not a very popular car. The other ones that were marked down, Formula E, no, really. Um, Jaguar, I-Paces, no, really. Um, Golf, um Sierras, Gulf, there was lots of Gulf stuff. Because, I mean, I know the theory that if it's blue and orange, it will sell. 
maybe not everything. Maybe not some club racer who's painted his car blue and orange because he wants to feel like Steve McQueen when he's out there at Mallory Park. Um, it's not necessarily going to attract the same level of um, being coveted as as a nine one seven K with a number twenty on it. Don't know. Um, could be could be me being cynical. Who knows? But um, no, we're not. We're never cynical, that Don. We're, no, well, no, that's well, true. Well, I say never. Um, but there were those there were some white caterums and I do sort of wish I'd picked one of those up because I sold my caterum um, at the event which was uh, a repaint which I did to make it into a 2011 caterum F1 car and did Yano Trulli's helmet on there I wasn't at the table when that car went so I don't know if the person who picked it up um, was gleeful at seeing such a immaculate uh, Yano Trulli crash helmet on, on his caterum. Appreciated the work. So you mentioned, so at the table, what's it like being a swap meet? So when you're well, on the other side of the table. It's um, seeing your possessions being fondled for many hours, um, people going, going away, coming back again, going away, coming back again. Doing what you would do, I suppose. I mean, I did a, I did a few laps. I limited myself because we were there to sell, not to buy. Um, so, for example, there was an unboxed Polycar Ferrari P4, the yellow one with blue wheels, for eighteen pounds. <gasps> yeah, I know. And I was and thinking, you well, you didn't buy it. Or you didn't text well, me and like, say, Scott, would you like a Polycar Ferrari for eighteen pounds? Oh no, I didn't. No, um, didn't do much really. Just looked at it and thought, eh, "Shall I?" Mm, no, I'm here to sell, not to buy. So um, yeah, there was some really interesting resin bodies that there was a chap who had. Um, nice man, big beard, very interesting cars on his stand, um, and he had, I think it was a mini replicas uh, Ford Sierra kit with a chassis in it as well and you know ready to just sort of turn into the sierra cosworth four by four of your dreams mm. um and obviously there are two manufacturer ones coming out this year so yeah. I was like, mm, well, well it's good but it's not that good okay and, but, and yeah we... no it was it was interesting having our stuff fondled um it was busy um it because and it, it's christmas money isn't it so people that like slot cars, people don't buy them slot cars because they know that whatever they buy, they've probably already got. So they give them money and then they head to Swindon uh, the week after New Year's and go and spend it. And as usual, it was the cheap stuff that went first. Um, there was some stuff which was, for I thought, competitively priced. Uh, so I had a Carrera um, Aston Martin Le Mans car, the, the limey fluorescent yellow thing, which I bought to repaint as the Four Horsemen car from last year or two years ago, the blue with the red lettering on it. Then Carrera announced that they were going to release that livery anyway. So that car's just been sat new in its box, awaiting for a repaint that's never going to happen. And um, so I thought, okay, well, we're going to Swindon. I'll sell it there. And they're going for about 75 quid eBay and elsewhere. And I put it up at 40, not a nibble, not a nibble all day. So 
and I said, I put a sign up on the table saying, everything's got to go. We can't take it home. Um, didn't really attract any more interest. Um, I knocked the price down from 40 to 35. One person came over, had a look, realized that it had never been opened. The factory seals were still on it and offered me 30 quid. And at that point I went, yeah, fair enough. Um, I bought two Bugatti Veyrons, scale electric Bugatti Veyrons, the black window, low detail versions. I don't think they've ever made a high detail Veyron, have they? Uh, pass on. No. Yeah, um, anyway, because it's my son's favorite car. And so I thought, ah, oh, I can get one of those for him because he steadfastly refused to take an interest in motoring full-sized or miniature. And to be honest, I'm quite happy with that. But equally, now that my attention is turning slightly towards the home track, I'd like him to have something that he can sort of take ownership of and have a play with. So I got him, well, I, I was, went for a quick look to see if there are any cheap ones. And then I thought, ooh, and also there's my daughter who keeps saying she wants a Wonder Woman car. And so is that, what is would be such suitable? A thing? Is that a Wonder Woman car? Well, no, what happened was I got some Wonder Woman decals from Danica Patrick's last full season where she was advertising, I think, the second Wonder Woman film, um, intending to build a NASCAR, and I've just sort of got enough NASCARs. So those decals are sitting there, and I promised them to Hetty, but I wasn't sure what car. Anyway, there was there was a couple opposite us in the uh, sales room who were clearly a mother and mid-teenage son who, you know, he's wanting to do something else, wanting to buy something, wanting to go on a school trip, whatever it is, they turned up with a huge box of track and some cars and put some fairly optimistic prices on them. Um, so he had half a dozen unboxed cars, each with a £25 sticker on it. Um, and they sat there all day and nobody bought anything that I saw. A few people went and had a look and they sort of, looked up at them as they were sitting behind their stall and then people wandered off and they just let them wander off. So at the end of the day, I went over, I saw that they got two Veyrons, 25 pound stickers on. And I said, are you open to offer on, offers on these? And she, the mother looked at me and went, we'll take anything at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so la I'm, I'm laughing only because we've kind of all been there in one way or another, haven't we? Exactly. So um, yeah, we, uh, I, I got two for a two for 20 quid on the Veyrons, which were fairly um, mint. Um, my daughter has already managed to ping the wing mirror off her yellow, fluorescent yellow and silver one, but it's going to be repainted anyway, and she's not the sort of a girl who pays much attention to wing mirrors, so that's all fine, um, much like her mother. And... Um, uh, yes, my son has got a two-tone blue... Bugatti, which makes him very happy, and he might yet put it on a track, or he might just sit there and look at it because he thinks it's pretty, and that's fine. That's good. It's up to him. It's his thing. And I so, bought myself two mm -hmm. minis. Uh huh. Uh, hey, so, you missed a word out there. Oh no, they're not actually. These are different. These are modern minis, not more classic minis, are they? I no, they're. I said more minis, but these are classic minis. Yeah. These are classic BMW so, minis, the R50. Yeah. Um, which is what I've got sitting on the drive. So I've got a yellow and black and a red and white, uh, which were in their box for 15 quid each, which I thought was reasonable. 
Um, there were a couple of others on other stalls there, but they had the flags on the roof and would just be a bit more of a pain to repaint, to be honest. Um, he also had a couple more of the ones from the set, which were red and white with different numbers on. Uh, and they were in a tray, unboxed. And I said, oh, how much are those ones as well? And he went, uh, 18 quid. I was like, hold on. <laughs> I've just got two complete ones here in boxes for 15 quid each. That These two which are missing mirrors and have clearly been very hard used. Um, 18 quid each? He said, okay, I'll do them for 15. I was like, well, I'll just take the two I've got, thank you. <laughs> How does that work? Maybe they had sl- slotted running gear or something. But you should have told you. Mm. 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 I'm if being generous. I wouldn't I'm... have paid 18 quid. I'm being generous, yeah. I'm being generous. Um, uh, he also wanted 18 quid for a Scalex Street Fiat 500. Because I was thinking that um, it could go with my James Bond um, Spectre um, Jaguar and Aston Martin if it was, you know, a few quid. Um, Because obviously there's that little blue one which has a comedic interlude in the middle of the climactic car chase. I'll take one for it. I don't remember the movie. that I think I've watched it once, so I don't remember that one. Oh, it's a good one. And it's it's a good car chase for sure. Um, But, uh, and yeah, they're driving through Rome. And there's a little chap in a Fiat 500 who ends up getting pushed along by an Aston Martin. And so I thought, yeah, fair enough. I could, I could get that. No, you wanted 18 quid for that as well. No, no it's not going to happen. That, was, that was a standard unit of slot car was 18 quid. Um, but overall, successful day? It was a successful day, yeah. Um, on a three-foot table, taking primarily unboxed stuff that we didn't want anymore, Lawrence myself and Lawrence brought some of the old club lane cars. Um, We took 300 quid just over um, and sold all but half a dozen things. Um, I I had four boxed cars. All my unboxed stuff went. Uh, Most of Lawrence's unboxed stuff went. I think he had a scale electric Ferrari F2004 in its box, which didn't go. I had um, a Carrera Dodge Superbird, the Dan Gurney one, and the um, Aston. No, the Aston sold in the end for 30. Uh, There were a couple of others, yeah. But um, it was the interestingly, I thought, rare enough, and certainly judging by eBay asking prices and selling prices, I thought that they would be the first things to go. They weren't. Well, I guess that's the, yeah, there's no real rhyme to reason. And my Carrera Go set, or my son's Carrera Go set from Disney Cars, with extra cars in it, um, which has not really been played with very much at all because he has very little interest in cars generally. Yes, result. Um, Because, as we can see from Hatton's (laughs) and from the way the motorsport industry is (laughs) going, it's a little bit um, of of a... uncertain future for many aspects of the interest and passion and business and industry so if my son doesn't want anything to do with it that's fine good good okay um shall we move on to what caught our eye indeed uh and (laughs) scott where would we have seen this Where, where would we have noticed things that were caught our eye oh did did, did we receive an nda (laughs) were we invited to have a quick look Actually, no. I've got an NDA from Scale Electric. I'm sure it's still valid. So why Is didn't it? I get a tap? 
Oh, clearly you're too honest. The um, <laughs> no, well, the things that caught my eye, um, bigger, well, biggish. I don't know. Don't really know the details. Carrera Hybrid, Carrera are making their announcement at the Consumer Electronics <laughs> Show in Las Vegas, which is a big show. Uh, yeah. A measure of how big a show it is that for the journalists to get access to the Wi-Fi. So that's the journalists to get access to the Wi-Fi. It's yeah. near $79 a day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, yeah, huge. Anyway, there, uh, it would seem, piecing together uh, what I, I know, what I've seen, they have either bought or gone into a partnership with a company which has got, best of my description, sort of miniature slot car size, radio-controlled cars, on a kind of plastic track that you can lay out, but clearly there's no slot in it, uh, and you drive the cars from either a controller or from your phone. Um, so, great, if that's, that's another expansion for them, they're moving into something which, as you've said, your son, probably not that interested in cars in general, or slot cars specifically. He likes Bugattis and Lamborghinis. He likes Bugattis. And he probably will like his phone when you give him one, if you haven't already. I have, um, yeah. Yeah. So doing something via his phone is probably quite uh, appealing to him. So interesting that they, they're launching that a, a big sh- show like that. Um, I got very excited last night because Avant Slot, who are producing lots of stuff these days, showed mm-hmm. some beautiful CAD renderings of the Toyota Le Mans hypercar, mm-hmm. uh, which they've said uh, they will produce the 2021 and 2022 winners uh this year and next year, so the livery changed a little bit. Um, it's got full interior detail, or a lot of interior detail, not full, obviously it hasn't got working engine in it, um, uh, and it's in resin. Now, the so reaction... It's not going to be quick then, is it? Well, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it depends. My last experience of a resin slot car was a sort of team slot brick-like sort of Lancia Delta type thing. Um, but casting and printing, I guess, maybe, had moved on quite a lot. So maybe, maybe you these can things are... make resins fast, like the guys that do the early birds, say. Hmm. Um, brass chassis, single-seat Formula One cars and pre-war Grand Prix cars. Yeah, they're pretty rapid. Um, but that's somebody building something with, with love and care, mass-producing a fast resin car would be a bit dicey. I've got the Scale Auto. Was it Scale Auto then, or was it MSC that did the Peugeot two hundred five Dakar car, which is resin, mm-hmm. um, on the same chassis as the Avant slot, I think, um, or the, the Scale Auto raid cars, and mm-hmm. it's all right in terms of pace, but it's yeah, you feel the you don't feel it, do you? But um, the, the the presence of the extra grams is is noticeable. Well, that's, that's, an, that's an interesting topic for another time. When you say, "Can you feel?" Because although we're not actually in the slot car or touching the slot car in any way, we do talk about having a feel for it when we're driving it, and we're not driving; we're using one finger or nothing. So interesting that we that whole psychological thing about are we are we sort of imagining we're in the car, or we somehow do we feel. That's too fast, that's too slow, I can go a bit quick. Anyway, something for another time. I think it's fascinating because we're sort of we use it's all sight, but some we talk about feel. Anyway. Um 
But I was quite, I thought that advanced that, that hypercar looks really nice from the renderings. It's going to be really lovely. It's going to be, and hypercar I think is the big thing for motorsport for the next four or five years. So I think if any any slot car maker who hasn't got a range of hypercars in their offering, you're missing out. Well, they've done the sensible thing, haven't they? In that it's being handed out to teams then. Yes, a manufacturer commits and they build a car, but then Mm. it's possible for a Penske or somebody else to come and run it. And you can have multiple teams and it's a bit Group C-ish in that way, which is exactly what World Rally Championship needs to do, for example, to get the numbers up. (laughs) So, And they also pay into a um, collective promotional kitty as well so rather than spend your money developing aero parts which help nobody at all they um, spend the money on promoting the series ah good idea yeah no it's working I'm, i was very excited about it last year and i'm even more excited about it i mean for roll on daytona that's all i can see because that's the, the first proper race of this year um i think the uh the other thing, which was, and I'm, my mind is slightly slipping because I saw something else that caught my eye, and I can't think what it is now. Uh, oh, I'll have to hand it over to you there. I'll tell you age. what's caught our eye. Age. Age? No, my, well, it's age, I can't age has things. caught your eye? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> my mem- I'm just getting old and I can't remember things. Anyway, carry well, on. Well, we have noticed, going back to the earlier, somewhat darker theme of the show, Slot Passion, <laughs> Scale Electric Passion. <gasps> Reducing its numbers. That is the only thing I was trying to remember. Yeah, You're no longer able to buy one of 50 repainted SCX cars on proper wheels. You can now only buy one of 30 SCX cars repainted on proper wheels. Um, I dread to think how much I could be turning my stuff out for, because they're basically doing what I'm doing, putting it in a nice box. Well, um, the, the, it was the their announcement in a, in a somewhat echo of the Hattons one. They were saying customer demographic. So they they normally make, and for those who do electric's passion, take as you say, SCX cars, kind of unique liveries or super detail them, and you know, there's, there's more parts get added, etc. Any nice. colour you like, as long as it's Spanish. Well, fair enough. Aye, fair enough. And um, but I I assumed they were doing small numbers, but I didn't realise their regular production run was 50 units, and they're reducing that to 30, and they're citing a diminishing customer base. Just 30 units. So those things, I mean, as is the way of it, of course, announcing this, they'll probably get a whole load of people who go, oh yeah, I might get around to buying one. They're going to go, oh wow, I need, I need a whole of those now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but an interesting part of the market. And I guess it's it's probably, I can't help but think about it in real terms, it's a bit like, uh, I don't know, who's a, who's a, who's a, it used to be Alpine, or Alpina, I should say, not Alpine. Uh, Alpina, who would make versions of BMWs which were better, you know, better engine, better suspension or whatever, but they were really limited. So they were a BMW, but they were a really limited special uh limited runs. So I guess it's a kind of a slot version of that from a, a looks and aesthetic point of view. Um but interesting. So you know people reducing rather than increasing. Um I guess we've got to turn to the real <laughs> the real elephant in the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um there's a theme it's probably picked up I hope people have picked up on a theme here, which is, you know, you maybe how could I phrase it? You don't know what you've got till it's gone. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, is that too subtle? 
<laughs> that that would be. Hold on, is it a big yellow taxi? Big yellow taxi. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for those who are not Joni Mitchell fans or and haven't watched the Skeletrix range announcement, um, all gone on the website where it's all there. Oh, exactly, it's all there. So, uh, probably their biggest, in the sense of filling the box, model of the year. Uh, is a big yellow New York 70s taxi. Um, yes. Now, I, previously on Talking Out of Slot, we'd mentioned that what slot car makers needed to do, in fact, it was golf cars we were talking about, uh, speculating who the hell bought these golf cars. Apparently nobody. We thought, well, we thought it was aunties and uncles, you know, kind of who just go, no, I need something. Yeah. Uh, and it was a kind of like the way you bring your kids back a Toblerone from the airport whenever you travel. That you know they would see a, a slot car. I think if if Skeletric can get big yellow taxi models at airport shops, they'll especially in New York, obviously, uh, they will flog them by the the truckload. But what do we know? Um, I sort of didn't believe it was coming because um, I they did that sort of pixelated black and white version on Instagram and other socials uh, just before Christmas, and I had to be emailing. Simon about something else entirely and I said oh well done on the New York taxi don't know what that's for but looks like a New York taxi no reply tumbleweed and then of course a yellow taxi turns up and I still can't work out why um, he's, obviously, he's obviously forgotten you signed that NDA <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, the, yeah, I mean I, I can sort of I think it makes sense I can see it as being a way to sell slot cars to people who would otherwise buy slot cars um, and that's going to be a good thing um, but in the, you can imagine uh, the races though can't you because you can have one of your TV cars and it, it can you sort of take the magnet out do wheel spin start and then you turn to the other person who's got the taxi and go follow that car <laughs> I like your thinking. Uh, I thought you were going to say that it would, it would, you know, given the stereotypical taxi, uh, the character of a taxi driver, it would be a way for slot car drivers to be rude to marshals. You know, they could just. <laughs> but, well, I was thinking um, maybe they could put it in the really big box and then put the cast of the TV show Taxi with Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman and people in the box with them. Is, <laughs> is there any other. I mean, talking of liveries, I mean, what. Is this, is it? I think it's basic yellow, isn't it? It's yellow with checkers down the side. I think that's, that's all you can do with these. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Um, what else caught, you, caught your eye from this so, morning's announcement? From this morning's announcement, um, the Ford Pumas in a set. So you've got the 2022 Monte Carlo winner just released, um, Sebastian Loeb car. Fair enough together with the 2023 Oit livery. You have to feel for any um, merch manufacturer in any division um, producing Oit Tanak M Sport stuff when he was only with the team for one season and is now heading back to Hyundai. Um, but there it is. And if the 2023 season was memorable for you in any way, then... There you are. You can, um, for me, it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went to Africa. I saw the Safari Rally. I will probably get it and I will try and replace the um, event door stickers with uh, those from the Safari. Can't do much about the ride height, though. 
you might not want to. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait to see how it goes. Are you going to enter it? Would that be your Skeletric standard car for Slot Rally GB? No, my Skeletric standard car for Slot Rally GB is now finished and complete. It is my Porsche 911 3 litre RSR. Oh, right. Well, um, we can... So, well, we're, yeah, we're... all the Subarus. Well, no, no. Just, no they're, the they're parked. <laughs> yes, that was a, that was a little bit... It was like a bit of holiday romance, wasn't it? For a little while there, well, we were very committed to Subarus. They're not and, going uh... far because they're going to be donated to the club because I did have the foresight to build a yellow, a red, a green and a blue. So they can go on the lanes at the club. So they'll find, they'll find a useful life. Um one thing I've noticed in that rally car set uh, you mentioned with the two Pumas in it is that they are producing uh, a lap timing app of some sort for your phone, yeah. but also a cardboard cutout gantry uh, to go over the track so you can put your phone on the gantry and do your lap timing with that. Uh, and as regular listeners will know, I've recently become a huge fan of an app called Lap Tracker. Uh, in fact, we used it at our Cold Turkey Stages rally uh, back at the end of December. Brilliant, you know, simple one button stop go gives you times to the thousands, etc. So, I'm assuming it's a version of that. Um, although my shelf I'm looking up uh, is relatively well stocked with electronic devices developed by <laughs> by, by uh, Skeletric over the years. Uh, you know, Pacer, anyone remember Pacer? Um, anyway, that's that, so there's not a great history. I see why they have to do it, but I. I Given that this lap tracker costs one pound ninety nine off the app store, uh, and you know, anyway, we'll find out. Um, anything else? What else? What else would you? Well, what... the joy of sets also includes the um, Ford Sierras in the eighties touring car package. I so wanted to use that lap for the title for the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's. Let's be honest, they're an odd choice of liveries. When you look at all the um, Ford Sierras that took part in British touring cars at that time, um, all the Sierras that took part in Australia, all the Sierras everywhere, they've plumped for uh, Carl Jones and Gerrit Van Cowen in their respectively Duckham's Oil and Fina Oil liveried Sierras. Um which is, I don't know. So, I mean, it, if you go back and watch the 1990 season, I think it is, when um, Carl Jones turned up with his Duckham's one, Murray Walker makes a point of saying, and this car is a rally car. You can tell because it's got the different wheels on with the five wheel nuts on, um, which it did. It was purely a Group A rally car that they took the co-driver's seat out of and put on a track because Carl had no money whatsoever. Um, and so it was an interesting thing. And, yeah, it's a pretty livery. Duckham's cars are nice, dark, rich blue and yellow. Um, good good colour combination, blue and yellow. Blue and yellow is always good. Yeah, ask any Swede. And um, <laughs> the Fina one is a Fina one. So, yeah. Fine, white, relatively pretty. I I think it's a good I think it's a good set because and I may be being over enthusiastic here, but I think normally cars in sets, except the high end sets, are pretty <laughs> not great, shall we say? It's rare that you get nice liveries on cars and sets, and I think for cars and sets, those are quite nice. Um, 
uh, ditto the Puma ones. I mean, I think, I guess there's so few liveries and will be so few liveries of that Puma. That Could be a second to... bite of the cherry at getting the uh, purple right. Oh, well, it was very noticeable that the voiceover on the range presentation, uh, not when it said the cut said, not for that car, I have to say, but at some point mentioned that the colours were accurate, up to our usual accuracy. I'm freezing. <laughs> uh, my reaction was somewhat similar. Uh, mem- yes, uh, memories of the Bastos Camaro live on. Um, the other thing which uh, I think the new Batmobile, so they're redoing the Batmobile. Uh, redoing the Batmobile. There's uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a huge fondness for the um, Danny Elfman, um, Michael Keaton... Era that you start with Batman. the composer rather than the actor or the director. Yes, I know. What's, the, what's his name again? The former Mr. Bonham Carter? Tim, Tim, Burton. Tim Burton. That's it. Um, yes. yes. So uh, they're probably the fondest remembered of all the Batman films. The first uh, one was it. particularly cool. Prince soundtrack. Thank you very much. Take that. Uh, yeah. I think maybe for our generation or, or your generation, I'm a bit older than you. They were they were they were great because of course uh, up until then the last Batman had been the Adam West sort of slightly camp TV show. Um, yes. Uh, not there's anything wrong with being camp, but it, you know, it it was being played for fun, shall we say, rather than for any sort of seriousness. Really? Um, I yeah, I have a great I have a great. Um, my favourite Batman's are the um, the later ones. Uh, particularly the one with Heath Ledger as the Joker. I think that is that's peak Batman in my in my eyes. Do you know, I've never seen that film. Oh. I mean, you sort of have to, you don't have to watch the the earlier one, Christopher Nolan. But he, he, he really... I watched the first Christopher Nolan one, and then I just sort of didn't. They move. They shift. They could have stuck too much to the, the the aesthetic of the old Tim Burton ones for the first one. Then he just ditched all that and made it modern city stuff, and it's far better. Uh, Chris, Christian Bale as Batman, sort of diving off the top of Hong Kong skyscrapers and mm. sort of sailing through all, all great stuff. Anyway, we've dived. So, Bat- Batmobiles, we can see why. I'm not going to buy one, but you're great. Batmobiles. I think I probably got one from when the kids were had the old set, to be fair. I mean, I know it's not <laughs> accurate, but you know, there's probably one kicking around. Well, and if I, I was in the, the market but... for a Batmobile, I'd probably go for that one. And well, the I, I, one. I bought the sixties one as soon as it came out, and of course, again, I got my little, I got my tiny Robin from One Three Two Models, um, uh, who made beautiful uh, little figures, and that was that really brought that to life. Um, I'm noticing I, the um, 1978 Swedish Grand Prix set is now going to be available individually. Um, well, is it? No, I think the, the 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 loader card is going to be a non-fan car. Oh, it's yeah, it a, is. Yeah, a yeah. Regular okay. Problem. Uh, and I mean, again, quality control. The voiceover said the V, the Italian V12. I know it's very much a flat twelve in the back of the bar. <laughs> um, so let's hope the research was a little bit deeper. Um, and I noticed, uh, with some optimism as well as cynicism, that the livery on the GPS car had the gold key line around the edge of the cockpit where it should be, i.e. up round the edge of the cockpit, uh, and not where it is on the recently released car, which I spurned uh, in favour of the Martini one. So uh, a little bit like people cheating on George Lucas when we got to um, the end of the, the 
prequel trilogy. Come on, George, you can do it. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, come on, Electrics, you can do it. You can produce a great model of a Lotus 79. Well, I did take uh, my 1978 Sweden set to Swindon because I was in two minds about do I keep it, do I not? Um, primarily because of the Lotus, um, which really needs a lot of work on it. Um, because it's beautifully done, beautifully rendered, black and gold. But gold didn't show up on TV. They used a sandy yellow, um, which if you look at, say, the Fly Lotus 78, that's correct. Um, and if you look at the Scale Electric 79 next to it, you can't actually read the letters because it's dark, because gold is reflecting black. Um, so uh, if I I was like, oh, do I, do I not? Do I put a polycar underneath it which means then a polycar pod and the mad gears and new hubs and new tires and new everything and i might as well put a driver figure that's the right height and wearing a correct period helmet in there as well whilst i'm at it so basically yes i kept it because i couldn't bring myself to part with it um it's one of those things isn't it so you sort of love it but at the same time it's an awful lot of work to love i love what it should be and I had it on pre-order. Again, they've split the launch announcement up uh, to break it into three throughout the year, so we're not hearing about stuff we don't get for a year. And I completely understand that makes sense. Um, but you know, I had pre-ordered that set way back a year ago, and when it finally came into the shop, I went to the shop and pre-ordered. Said, "Don't want it. Cars are heads are too big. Car livery's wrong. Um, you know, not interested." Um, and they were fine because I presume there was a queue of customers who they would fit, sell it quite well. But um, yeah, I, and that's kind of been my I, that's, I, the weariness has been. Whereas last year, I think I pre-ordered ten cars for the announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably I'm not going to pre-order any because I want to wait to see what they're like. And I, what do I feel I've got to have? Nothing. I kind of want the Escort WRC, but actually... Um, 98 livery, it was very nice, very clean, very Ford corporate, white and blue. Um, from the Monty rally of 98, you've got the little tribute sticker to Roger Clark, who passed away weeks before the event. Um, so the last generation of Ford Escort rally car with a little tribute to the man who did as much as anyone to sort of define Ford Escorts in popular culture. Through the seventies, uh, that's probably unmissable for me, um, and it's a very good tooling. So um, not bad it's, at it's all. A, it's a good one. I mean, apart from I, I, I don't know, the, the, why they got the width of the front intake wrong, I don't know, but they did. Um, the other thing, and we have acquired quite well, a I'm few. I'm partly responsible for that then because I missed it. Are you? Well, I'll blame you then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <the>, uh... <laughs> The, uh, we've, we've gathered quite a few new, I think mostly American subscribers, so welcome. Uh, and so forgive me for getting to 45 minutes before I say that. Uh, one of the things you're probably wondering is why have we not been waxing lyrical about all the great old British saloon cars, which Gledricks have announced, uh, like the Ford Anglia. And, uh, so, and we mentioned right at the top of the show about the best-selling British car, Um I don't know why they've made an Anglia, frankly. Uh, it amuses me. It's not a car which you see around very much now, like, say, an Escort or something. Um, it, was a race, it was a race car, but not a particularly iconic one. No, um, I, I can only assume that there was a Harry Potter 
spin-off potentially. Uh, but possibly. you said that Hornby's not got the Harry Potter train deal anymore, so I don't I don't know. I'm I I don't follow that close, but I think I'm not aware what? of being what? you're the market <laughs> analyst of the two of us. Am I? Well in which case I'm really in trouble. You um, are the Nigel Farage of stock car racing. <gasps> I, 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 it's rare that I'm speechless, Mr. <laughs> but that is, that is, you know. <laughs> damn you, damn you. Anyway, um, I reject your reality, as your shirt says. Um, no, but um, we thought that if you're going to produce quirky old British cars, uh, you thought, I should say, it should be the... Well, here's the thing. So people think 60s, swinging 60s, 60s. Britain... British cars, Mini Cooper, Minis, everyone's cruising around in Minis being cool. And those e that could afford it were in E-types. Uh, maybe, you know, if you're a little bit wealthy and a bit of a bit of a playboy, you're in an Aston Martin. But no. In 1960, the best-selling car in Britain was the Morris Minor. And in 1970, the best-selling car in Britain was the Morris Minor. We are a nation that like to sit up and beg and all this stuff with people putting flowers in their hair and doing all sorts of substances and being illicit no doris we don't like that do we we're going to sit here in our morris minor wearing some tweed and uh and we'll we let those children learn the hard way shall we yes yes <laughs> we'll see them with their fancy down voxel vivas keep going <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that I can. So, you know, it was really... That's why the 70s are so cool. Because, yeah, you had the Beatles, and, you know, by the end of it, they looked like they'd, they'd landed from outer space because they were wearing training shoes um, as everyday footwear and stuff like that. But... Um, or no shoes at all. Um, but they weren't driving Morris Miners like the rest of this country. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, our vision of the 60s is somewhat warped. But I suppose having a Ford Anglia with its um, prototype Renault Megane C-pillar and um, just general quirkiness. And it was a much better selling car in this country, I think, than the Mini. Um, it was the same price as a Mini and it was a bit bigger and it had a proper boot. And so people went, OK, Maybe I'm not a Morris Minor person. Maybe I want something a little bit more edgy and angular and maybe with some American styling touches. And they went for the Ford Anglia more than they did the Mini. True story. But but the ultimate victor goes to the Mini, doesn't it? I mean, you know, here we are. If you, if you were to line up two classic cars outside a pub and one was a Ford Anglia and one was a Mini... True. But yeah. Ford made money on every Ford Anglia, whereas BMC lost money on every Mini because they were yeah. so fiddly to make. That brings us back to British industry and Skeletrics, but let's not go there. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish them well. I wish them well. Um, I think I'm going to wrap up because I'm in danger of saying something terribly libelous. Um, anything else out of the range launch that you feel you can't let go past without mentioning? Um... No, no. I think, you know, a Land Rover was to be expected. It's poppy red. Um, a Countach was to be expected. It's green. There's, yeah, there's nothing really. But we know that this isn't the only launch, don't we? We know that there's stuff coming later on. Um, for example, it's already been teased on Slot Forum that there's a new 
rover livery coming, which means a new front air dam, which, of which there are three to choose from. So, you know, there is more stuff still to come this year from Scale Electric. Um, whether these were the, you know, if, if this was uh, the first round of the World Cup, the newspapers might be asking questions in the morning as to the starting lineup. Um, <laughs> Good analogy, yeah. They, they might say, okay, Jaguar XJS in white and blue. Third year running we've had XJSs? We're, we're, you've given us a yellow taxi and an, a fairly tame livery on an XJS. How are we going to get through to the quarterfinals? How do we get to the knockout stages from here? So are you saying the yellow taxi is the Maradona? Is, 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 he, the, is he the Maradona? I think it's more the Gary Neville. <laughs> that really won't make sense to an American <laughs> We do not have a late and lamented Franz Beckenbauer in this lineup, let's say. We don't have it, okay. Fine. Uh, we've reached the limit of my football, uh, so we probably want to stop. Um, uh, thank you for listening, Nick. Thank you for insulting me by calling me after that. Person, uh, <laughs> join us next time when Nick may or may not be here. <laughs> no, I definitely will. All right, anyway, I'll say goodbye for now. Bye, folks. Take care.